Okay, old man. Long time, first time. Yeah, the real five seconds in. Done. We're back. Okay, I got we... nothing else to say. Great. Okay. Glad. Well, thank okay. you for right. having me on for the first time. Okay. Good luck in your future endeavors. We'll usually agree to part ways. Uh, yeah, good podcast. Thanks. Thanks for having me. All right. Uh, see you for All American on uh, <laughs> in a couple of days, where we will just be talking about a twenty second uh, TV spot trailer. <laughs> so for the uh, the one quarter listener, um, they're wondering. Wait, did I cut to? Did, did we suddenly skip much of the podcast? No, that's all, that's all we had today. Um, this is our first podcast since the NBA Finals began in twenty twenty one. I can confirm. Yes, uh, my, my sources have uh, have told me, in fact, that uh, yeah, today I saw like a recirculated clip of LeBron po- uh, like posting an article about how, like LeBron publishing the article that he's going back to Cleveland, and some uh, like a journalist being like, yeah, I, I can confirm. I swear, yeah, I, I love that. A, f- a few hours afterwards, it's I can confirm. I, I would love to be in the minds of w- one of those people. And if they actually have, like, different sources that are confirming, or if they're like, okay, shoot, all the other big people uh, have announced the Markel Fultz trade. Now now I got a pile on as well. (laughs) Just Uh the the, uh, Portland Trailblazers beat writer is like, yeah, I've I've heard from my uh, extended web of sources. Yeah, it's got to be really stressful to be somebody who relies upon actually breaking news. Like, you know, like, you constantly are on this line where you think you know something and you make a judgment about when it's okay to release it. But if that's, you know, if it's, if you're constantly walking that line and it's important to your job to break the news, uh, you must get it wrong a lot. Yeah, and, yeah, and walking the line, like you said, between entertainment, like, like, because where do your priorities lie? Is it with uh, your company and uh, creating like the most eyeballs, the best viewership, the most entertainment, or is it staying loyal to these sources who continue to uh, to keep the well wet for you? Continue Ooh. to because yeah, I feel like we talk a lot about the well running well dry, running dry, but this right? case. yeah, we, we need to we need to talk about how it runs wet. But then yeah, a lot of the times. Uh, it must be Isn't scary. it the good? It's not the well, it's the, the good, right? <laughs> uh, it, it, oh, thank you for the courtesy chuckle, by the way. <laughs> yeah, uh, like, it, uh, but then it has to be scary because you're not actually creating your own content. So I would, if I did that, I would totally wake up in a sweat some nights and just be like, what if just these people stop talking to me? That Then I'm just out of a job, that's it. That was a trip, a recent thing. I'm trying to remember what specifically it was, where Shams and Woj had completely opposite... Uh, it was Chris Paul going to the Olympics. Chris Paul going to the Olympics. And, how, and what was it, within an hour of each other, that they had different um, uh, uh, different breaking news on what was happening? Uh-huh. Yeah, I wonder how, yeah, how those different sources shake out. And what's exciting on the draft, or... At the beginning of free agency is when they're they're racing to see who can break it first. Yeah, totally. Like that, that has to be a little bit. I think they get their information at a similar time where maybe they both have contacts. Say in the Boston Celtics organization when the Ainge and Steven stuff was going down, and so then it's just you get the email, you, you get the text, and then it's just uh, uh, a fingers competition, like who can tweet it first. It's um, it's really weird. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's really. I mean, but also there's just the fact that they work for different things, and you know, it's. Uh, it used to be. I remember when Woj. I think it was Woj was working for Bleacher Report. Is uh, that where he was? I think he's at Yahoo as well. Yahoo. Maybe, that's where it was. No, I think you're right. I think it was Yahoo. Um, and it, I mean, it only made sense when ESPN snapped him up. I'm sure ESPN got really sick of him scooping them constantly, but it was, it, it just made so much sense then when Woj went to ESPN and he and Zach Lowe started doing various things together. For sure. So that was our NBA Finals coverage, discussing the current uh, <laughs> media climate and news breaking. And um, whether Chris Paul's going to the Olympics or not. Yeah, we, we do have some breaking news though. Game 3 of the NBA Finals is happening tonight. A lot of people thought it was going to get postponed because of weather, because there is weather in Milwaukee. There, there is weather throughout um, much of Wisconsin today. Um, and 
I gotta say that's um, it, it, since you uh, since you since you asked Casey at the bat about what to watch for, I'm gonna watch Game Three of the NBA Finals. Nice, yeah. There we go. Not knock that part in that segment over. And since you also asked Casey at the bat, my winner thus far is the Phoenix Suns. Yeah, yeah well, real quick, one more weather-related thought. I'm still Ooh. mad at the kid from my summer camp a couple of years ago who spent like five minutes trying to convince me that the NBA should implement retractable roofs. <laughs> did he have a reason that was... Did he have an actual reason? And it, it was kind of just like, it would be cool. Like, that, that was basically his reason, and I would kind of get it if he was like a younger kid, just felt... Yeah, he was yeah. older than me, and he was just a weird dude. Where one time we were, listen, we were just listening to music in there, and my friend and I didn't know what the song was. And he and he uh, and he was like, you know what the song is? And we're like, no. And he's like, and he told us the song, and then he says, just listen. <laughs> How old was this kid? Uh, he, I think he was a year older than me. So he was like twelve. <laughs> yeah, I guess at that time, uh, probably. Okay. I think I was probably twelve. So. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's deep. I know, very deep. Uh, yeah, so you want to talk some finals? So winner, winner is the Phoenix Suns, because I hear they won. And I'm always confused. Is, it, is the Phoenix Suns? Are the Phoenix Suns? The team from Phoenix has been the winner. Um, because they scored exactly 118 points in both games. That is winner-worthy stuff. I, I think the rule is if you get 118, you win. If you get exactly 118, you win. So, um, it's like, like cornhole? So I am tempted to say... Uh, the winner is the NBA is a make or miss league. Um, game two, I mean, it's it's really fascinating. So, uh, game two, um, Phoenix Suns totally hit from three, and the Milwaukee Bucks didn't. You know, I mean that that so and in game one, uh, the Phoenix Suns uh, took a lot of free throws. And uh, made all until the very end. And the Milwaukee Bucks took relatively few or less free throws and didn't make very many of them. I so, mean, so uh, it's, it's interesting, right? So, like, the, the difference, you know, if you just take free throws in game one, that is the difference. I mean, that's, a, that's actually, uh, so that was a 16-point difference in free throws made. Um, and the Suns won by 13, and in game two, it was a 10-point game, and, uh, <laughs> Phoenix made 11 more three-pointers. Um, that, that's, that's, that's a big difference. So, so, discuss. Casey Shiner, so, the, this is, the NBA is a make-or-miss league. So, yeah, here, here was, a, I was actually about to push back on that take, because, I strongly disagree. The NBA is not a make-or-miss league. The NBA is a make-miss or something in between league. Nice. Where, like, can, where if it hits the rim, the you, you, you get a good, you get a good bounce, and but it just, it just misses, then that's 0.8 points. Oh, nice. We, we got to just start talking about is not a make-or-miss league. It is a measurement of the quality of the shot league, where getting that 0.6 points for for, for a miss that flies off the back rim, that's just, that's just very important to talk about. Okay, I've got one here. Rule change. If the ball touches the rim when nobody is touching it, and it gets a wedgie, you get 10 points. I like this take. I really like this take because a wedgie is very difficult to execute, and... I think I'm mostly just here for a all of the uh, like kind of Mori ball analytics trying oh. to get ahead uh, that entire group to it, just embrace the wedgie. Just uh, Wait, we should make sure the, the quarter listener knows what a wedgie is. It's what it sounds like. It's wedge when the ball gets wedged into the um, the court. It's, it's also not to be confused <laughs> with with when some evil kid. Uh, pulls up the underwear of some poor defenseless kid. Um, yes. How do you? How do we know that in this case the can a wedgie refer to if the poor defenseless kid pulls up the underwear of a 
evil kid. No, no, we're 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 sticking to this. I, I'm, I'm sticking to this narrative. <laughs> it's always evil. Okay, go on. Yeah, so uh, I'm here for the analytics discussion of the wedgie for the, in the entire <laughs> Sloan conference to just be talking about how uh, you can go 82 and 0 if you just focus on the wedgie. But more, this is for off season content when I'm kind of scrolling through. YouTube when there's no basketball, and I just see every superstar in the NBA practicing wedging the ball. I mean, think how hard, I mean, that's, I wonder if it's even possible to do it. And like, oh, and you have to shoot it from outside the key. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say outside the three-point line, but, because it, it's tough, because if it's outside of the key, then what you probably have is these athletic freaks like Giannis who jump from that baseline area that isn't part of the key, mm. you, you jump in and re- release it. So I think you'd have to create a new line or just say yes. The, the, it's the wedgie line. <laughs> they got to add a wedgie line. But the line. 10 point line. No, no, we're calling it the wedgie line. <laughs> um, I also just want to see a wedgie line, like a, you, you know, a wedgie line that does, that is the other kind of wedgie. Um, on other, uh, other rules, though, that the NBA really needs to do, we've talked about this, but I can't remember if we've talked about specifically that Zach Lowe thought that yeah go on that that Zach Lowe thought that most likely during this off season that they're going to start seriously discussing teams getting to pick their opponent and mm-hmm. I and I love that that y- yeah high, in the playoffs what, one more rule change suggestion for a different sport before we take a break uh cornhole let's let's change it to First one to 118 points wins. Love it. Phoenix Suns. Yes. Okay, old man, we'll take a quick break, play a 118-point po- uh, game of cornhole. Be, be right back. Right on. Okay, we're back after our 118-point cornhole game. I won 118-0. to zero. And after uh, you pointed out that our first winner, which is the NBA being a make-or-miss league, which is exactly what a winner is, a very abstract concept. Yes. Well, it's that you know people say that NBA is a hit is a maker is a, I keep wanting to say hit or miss is a maker miss league. In fact, that concept seems to be borne out in this case. I mean, yeah, the I, I mean I think I think people again we've talked about this before that people make a bit much of um, individual games or or I was gonna say that you know like every every game is a zero one outcome. Like, you either get a zero, which is you lose, or you get a one, which is that you won. And You get a and, one because you won? <laughs> um, and so because you win the game, the assumption is that you clearly, um, you know, that you were clearly better than the other team. But, you know, to some degree, whether you make shots or not is, you know, there's an element of randomness, an element of luck. Yeah, um, I I, heard, I saw a tweet during the finals game two from Seth Partnow, the athletic uh, uh, who's analytics a great writer. Great analytics writer. Yeah, I uh, used to be with the Milwaukee Bucks, and he was saying, "Stop judging every possession based on whether it goes in." Which exactly. Is, which just hits the nail on the head for me that, in terms of entertainment, what I'm most interested in is the shots. The like what what happened in the shot that that's that's what excites me as a basketball fan. It's when Chris Middleton pulls up from three, is it going to go in? I'm holding my breath. But if I were s- exclusively doing this as an analyst, almost to make myself have the smartest takes, I think I would almost blur out the shots where I would st- I would stop there because that almost gives you the most objective view of the possession where it's, okay, so it ended with a Mikhail Bridges corner three attempt. That's a really good possession. Or it ended with, late in the shot clock, DeAndre Ayton heaving up a difficult mid-range. Who knows which of those goes in, but one of them is a more high-percentage look. Um, I think that's a really good way of putting it. Um, I, you know, it's, it's really... Now, Phoenix has appeared to have generally played better. I mean, it, it appears that they have run things more the way they want to. That's However, the, that's... Um, if we just get down to, you know, here, here's... You know, ultimately, you know, if there there are some key differences 
um, that really might not have anything to do with actually playing better. Um, so, you know, I talked about the number of makes earlier and how, you know, game one really was a function of free throws and game two was a function of making three-pointers. And, the, you know, to some degree, uh, there's an element of chance in those things. I, in game one, I mean, this is something that I find utterly fascinating. Uh, okay, I will tell you that the Milwaukee Bucks were 40 of 88 from the field in game one. Uh, guess how many shots uh, Phoenix took? So Milwaukee took 88. Guess how many Phoenix took? Okay, so it's not going to be 88 because it's already very near. So that's pretty. If so you think I'm, it might, if so, you think uh, it's 88, <laughs> you might be right. <laughs> uh, so I think it is either above 100 or below 80. It was 88. Phoenix and Milwaukee took had the same number of official field goal attempts. And bamboo. And Phoenix took one more, I mean, made one more field goal than Milwaukee did. Milwaukee took 36 three-pointers. Do I have that right? Uh, yeah. The, uh, Milwaukee took 36 three-pointers. Uh, Phoenix took 34 Milwaukee made 16 three-pointers versus 11 for Phoenix. Um, so actually, in game one, Milwaukee shot 44% from three. Um, but the difference in the game was the free throw line. Um, and then in game and, two... And, and game two, I think it's even more pronounced in that shot quality. Like, I wonder if you, what you said earlier about the Suns outplaying them, the shot quality... Uh, Twitter account shot underscore quality, which has really good data on kind of evaluating each possession, kind of what I talked about before the ball goes up in the air. They had the based on the quality of possessions for both teams, the Bucks win that game eighty eight percent of the time. Wow, that's really interesting. That's fascinating. I mean, okay, so this is kind of fitting into the whole, you know, to some extent. <laughs> This is just coming down to it being a make-or-miss league. Um, yeah, that's right. You know, in uh, game two, as, as we talked about before, um, Milwaukee made a 9 of 31 from three-pointer, which is terrible. It's uh, 29%. Whereas Phoenix was insane. They were 20 of 40 from three. Now, here's the thing, though. Milwaukee is always going to do worse on free throws. In game two, uh, Milwaukee took actually nine more free throws than Phoenix did, but only made three more. And, I mean, okay, so take a wild guess as to what's going on there in terms of why Milwaukee's not making a lot more free throws than Phoenix. Uh, most of those were Giannis. He, he yeah. obviously gets to the line a ton in that third quarter. He uh, was 11 for 18 from the free throw line. Which is above average for him. Uh, I mean, it's so... You know, I mean, in, in to some degree, when I sit there and say, you know, make or miss league, I mean, in part, there's this thing going on where, I mean, you, Phoenix is going to make more, uh, is going to make a higher percentage of free throws just because, well, Giannis is going to be taking a bunch for Milwaukee. By the, um, by the way, with Giannis' 11 for 18, I want to compliment Giannis on going 11 for 18, because that's a good stat line in that, in its deception, because it's not an easy one to do the math on, where if someone is 12 of 18 <laughs> exactly. or 13 of 20... Exactly, 67%. Yeah, I'm like, that, that's, uh, that's, that's terrible. I can do the math. It's easily like two-thirds or yes. 65%. But but that one, I'm just like, oh, I don't know. That, that's, that sounds pretty decent. Yeah, I, I sit there and go, that's 60. Um, now, here's, <laughs> I mean, here's the thing that, that I actually... Um, no, I'll, I'll actually leave this for now. Go, go ahead. Okay, yeah, I was just going to say, let's get to some more winners. Anyone else w win these first two games for you, other than the Phoenix Suns and the, this abstract concept? Um, well, I'm going to say Giannis. Giannis is actually a huge winner in these games. First of all, the mere fact that he's playing is incredible. He's clearly <laughs> in quite a bit of discomfort. Uh, he's probably got a ton of injections into that knee to make sure he can bear stuff. Um, but he is just utterly Superman. In, in these games, okay? So while he's playing, you know, you know he, he's clearly not fully himself. Um, but game one, he actually has a pretty fabulous stat line. Um, so he goes for 20 points, 17 rebounds. 
um, game two, uh, I'm sounding like um, uh, magic here. Game two, <laughs> he goes for 42 points and 12 boards. Okay, now here's and, the one that... Oh, I'm sorry. Well, what really impressed me like with the two games was he clearly was getting a feel for the knee, the, the finals, everything in game two, where in game one he came out of the gate strong but just couldn't maintain yeah. it in the second half. Partially, I would assume, because the, just the knee is not great for endurance. But game two, his first half was pretty quiet, but he paced himself well enough that he was obviously just an incredible quarter in the third where I've seen plenty of... Because I kind of live in an era where we have all these great guard performances. like So I've seen the you-can't-stop-me, like Steph Curry, James Harden-type performances... Clay Thompson as well. I rarely see someone in this era like Giannis where, I mean, obviously we talk about Giannis a lot and how, and, and that dominance, but this was it, just that you can't stop me in the same way Curry doesn't can't touch the th threes, but it's almost, <laughs> it's there, almost, except they try and touch it a lot, but they just, they, 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 and they do, they foul him, but they just can't stop him, and it's incredible because. There's something totally spectacular in its own right about these three-point shooters, but there's something so physically spectacular seeing somebody do this with just seeing there just physically be absolutely nothing the other team can do to stop him from getting up these shots nearby where Phoenix was trying all sorts of things in the third quarter, building the wall, a little bit of double teaming, you name it, to try and slow him down, and there was absolutely nothing you couldn't do. And even in a loss, it was just so jarring to see someone who could not be stopped. Well, here's my favorite statistic on all this. And by the way, it's and it's not that he had three blocks in game two, which is also pretty incredible. Um, he's he's the only buck who is, a, who is truly um, plus in the plus minus for the two games. So um, even when he was, you know, much weaker in game one, he was still plus one in uh, 35 minutes. And game two, he was plus three in 40 minutes. So that basically means in the remaining eight minutes, that's where um, Milwaukee, it was w without Giannis on the floor, that, you know, that Milwaukee really lost the game. Also, I just want to point out that Thanasis right now is a, is a zero in plus minus. He may <laughs> or may not have failed to play a single minute, but it means... It, he is he, not he, negative. Yeah, yeah, he's just been holding up. The Antetokounmpo's are not negative. By the way, uh -oh. let's see if on your podcast you can spell Antetokounmpo's correctly. Yeah, I can do this. Okay, uh, click on the computer. A-N-T-E-T-O-K-O-U-N-M-P-O. -O -O -O. Yes, you yes, just sir. did! I, I, had the, I had an additional N in the, the first time I did it, which was silly. Uh, we're done with that gimmick. I feel like that gimmick got tired like three years no, ago. No, absolutely. But, but, but Giannis is going to be winning his 11th uh, MVP trophy, and I'm still going to be doing that. But what impressed me most about that Giannis quarter is when Steph's doing his thing, and it's incredible. It's just one of the best things you never see. And you ask yourself, like if, if I'm watching with someone, they say, oh, why can't you do that every game? It's pretty obvious that just you can't maintain that shooting pace. With Giannis, there's something inside of me that believes hey, why can't he do that every game? Because uh, I don't expect him to do that, that same performance every game, that same quarter, but something in that ballpark doesn't seem that wild. At, well, least, when, at least when you, turn, when you turn it on. I'm not asking for him to go that hard every quarter of the regular season, like a February game against the Pistons, but the point is that when, when there are games they need to win, I think he, it's def he definitely has that in him. Well, I mean, a big difference, and again, this this comes down to, I mean, part of it, okay, part of it is just that Giannis affects everything when he's on defense with what an extraordinary defensive player he is, and just all the different things he is doing on defense. So, I mean, he affects things more on that end than, than Steph does. But the other, it comes back to this NBA being a make-or-miss league. You know, there is, I, I interpret that whole, that NBA being a make-or-miss league as really a reference to, I mean, they, they don't mean it this way, um, but what it's really saying in my book is there's a certain level of randomness to when the ball is going to go in the hoop. Now, for certain people, it is 
a little more likely that it's usually going to go in, um, and others it's going to be a little less likely that it's going to go in. But on the whole, there's a lot of randomness. Yeah, you're flipping a coin, except some of the coins have tendencies towards heads or tails. I don't, yeah. know, I don't know how you actually construct that <laughs> coin, but uh, I would like to see it if you can. But Steph takes takes shots that you know that have a lower chance of going in, even if you're Steph Curry. Giannis, with his you know with so many of his buckets occurring near the hoop. It's just in general, there's a higher probability of them going in. And, and so, therefore, when you sit there and say, you know, why couldn't Giannis keep this up? Well, he's more likely to be, be able to keep it up because there's going to be less randomness in terms of the ball going in. Very true. Yeah, and here is just the, the ultimate measuring stick. I read you all the stats on how great that quarter was. Best quarter since the last time the Phoenix Suns were in the finals when Jordan went off on that 93 Barkley team. I could use all these stats... It, it's this simple. We haven't even mentioned that Giannis shot five threes. We haven't complained about that. That that means it was Although we incredible. should complain about that. that <laughs> no, 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 that's no. a bad move. I'll, 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 I'll save it for another game because th- this was just so incredible, I can't. But with that in mind, my big loser is just the people trying to make takes on Giannis where it does seem like once... Uh, almost once you dislike a... a, a player like that, once you almost, I don't think that people dislike Giannis, he seems like one of the most likable figures in the league, I don't think people hate him, I think there are just a lot of uh, people who maybe don't, uh, just don't root for him, or attribute his success to other things, and so it really bothers me how when it's a, when it's a good game for Holiday and Middleton, who for the record I think are really good, and my Middleton, is Middleton the best uh, player on the field uh, on the court when he's got all cylinders firing offensively I I don't totally stand by that after watching what Giannis did because I forgot that Giannis had that next year in him I still think Chris Middleton is really really good and but those guys are supporting cast Giannis is not getting carried by those players and so when it's a good when it's a good game for them it's oh yeah it's great the Bucks are getting elevated by their their supporting cast and uh and when it's a but when it's like a bad game for Holiday and Middleton, like this last one, it's, oh, Giannis has to do more to lift up his teammates. I just don't get it. It just seems like a lose-lose proposition for Giannis, where I, don't, I think he just has to win every game by scoring like 50 points. There is no other way for him to prove himself to, to once, uh, once, you prove, once you decide you're not going to like him. Well, okay, so you, you talked about two different things there. One, one is just you know, why people would be rooting against Giannis besides those from Arizona. And I think the the reason why some people do is they, they just want to quickly tear somebody down. Like, you know, if, if somebody is very successful, they everybody wants to be is, is sort of um, ready to jump on them if they're not winning an NBA title. And, you know, that Giannis hadn't made the NBA Finals before he was two-time MVP, but whoa, look at this and look what happened last year. And so people like to jump on that. They, they're ready to... It, it's more than nitpicking. It's, I don't know, it, it, it's buffalo picking? I, yeah, I, I something know. large. Something uh, very large. Um, uh, but, but, whale, but, but whale, sort of, whale picking? Whale picking. Um, but doing it when, you know, I mean, there are only so many people who can actually win. Um, but the other thing that you were pointing to is, I mean, so uh, Middleton has shown himself... I I... I Previously, I suggested that Middleton was more um, consistent than he actually is, and Middleton is more. Cons- oh, I, I see. I, I thought you were saying, you see, you you were like Middleton is more consistent than he actually is. I thought you said that. And so so yeah, I, like people think he's this, uh, he's X consistent, but he's actually X consistent. Right. So what I was saying was he was very consistent, and you called me out on it. And I've since looked, and yeah, he's he's not overwhelmingly consistent. He has some really marvelous games, but not all the time. And so, for example, in uh, game one, again, you know, game one of the finals, Middleton shot five of twelve from three, which is which is good. That, that's you know, it's not. But it would be much better if it was six of twelve, and I could easily <laughs> calculate that he exactly. was fifty percent. Exactly. But then in uh, game two, Middleton was one of six from three. And here, I mean, here's the, so you've got Middleton who isn't consistent. Um, and then, worse, you've got Holiday who just isn't hitting. 
And so the problem is, um, you know, going back to the make or miss league thing, Holiday and Middleton have to make. Um, that Phoenix has too many things that it can do, and the way and what it's going to require uh, for the Bucks to actually take them down is to actually make these buckets that are actually not entirely high percentage buckets. Um, there, we know that if they go to the free throw line a bunch, they're still going to miss a lot because it's Giannis who's going to the line. And um, so it really is up to Holiday and Middleton. This could very quickly turn around. Like, um, Brooke Lopez actually had a pretty good game in game two um, in a variety of different ways. Um, but if the Bucks are going to win, they got to hit, a, they got to start hitting their three pointers. Yeah, what stood out to me for Lopez in game two was the defense where I didn't notice Aiton as much as I yep. did in game one. He had the two, uh, Lopez had the two blocks, the two steals. Yep. Aiton wasn't even flirting with the 2020 game he would have had if Chris Paul hadn't stolen a rebound from him in game one. Yep. Yeah, with Middleton, though, at least I can give him the streaky label, and I can do that partially because I love his good game so much because it's so electrifying yeah. when he's on where it is like Kevin Durant. It, like, it's Again, what I was talking about with the Giannis comparison is not that I think Chris Middleton is as good as these people. It's that when Chris Middleton is on, which is infrequent, that's why he isn't on well, the level. Like half the, he, he, basically half of all games he's on. Yeah, and in those games, it is electrifying. It's fantastic. Where, but Holiday, I can't even give him that. It's not that. I, it's not okay. I can live with the bad games because I'm ready to turn on Game Three tonight and see Drew go for thirty and ten. It's that the. I don't know what the good games really are. That he closed out the series against Atlanta pretty well. He played horribly in Game 7 against the Nets, maybe dug a hole for himself. On to, offense. And, and to we got to clarify. D- everything. I mean, his defense is consistently just preposterous. Yeah, of course. Like First that. team on, uh, all, all defense this yeah. year. But offensively, it's just some of his decision-making, where I, I thought he was one of the smartest players in the league, but it does seem like he's been keeping the ball a little too much, taking some silly threes. I mean, just look at his, his numbers uh, for the two games. So... Game one, he was 4 of 14 overall and 0 of 4 from 3. Game two, he was 7 of 21. Yeah, because that is an easy number to calculate. Yeah, I can it is. easily deduce and, that. Is and fortunately, you'll also be happy to know that the number is also easy to calculate for three pointers. He was 1 of 3 there. And 2 of 3 from the line. What a game. That is an all time great uh, common denominator we love performance. when we have a common denominator. So, I mean, point being. Um, you know, it, I mean, there. It's. It seems to me, you know, people are going to come up with some very clever ways that, um, you know, Milwaukee can adjust its defense to better, you know, cut off shots by uh, Phoenix. You know, like smart people. You know, good coach types are going to figure out things that Milwaukee really should do. Um, of course, then Chris Paul instantly recognizes <laughs> what anybody throws at him and, and figures out a way of dealing with yeah, it. We, but there's a really there's a much simpler explanation for all of this. It's look, people other than Giannis have to put the ball in the basket on a consistent basis, and so basically that means you know there's a chance it'll be Lopez, uh, but more you got to look to Middleton and Holiday to be consistent in putting the ball in the basket. I think at timeouts they should just have. Uh, Jordan Wara just putting the ball into the hoop, just conti- continually d- doing that, and that that, that there you go. That, that that's what that will satisfy. What do you think Bud's practices uh, look like with all, with all this shooting? Is it just hey, take whatever shot you want, Giannis, Holiday? You guys can be fifteen three three yeah. game shooters if you want. I mean, this is this is. I mean, that's it's a really good point on this. That I mean, Giannis should not be taking three pointers. He is so effective near the hoop. He, he, his three-pointers are terrible. And um, so you don't want to contribute to the team's um, failings in that area. Um, and, but beyond that, boy, yeah, I'd, rather, I'd r- much rather Brooke Lopez be taking these shots than Holiday. And not just Lopez, but Middleton, Tucker, Portis, really who, whoever's on the floor seems to... They, they have so many good shooters coming off the bench like Portis... And Forbes, that I, I would love to see those guys get more of the minutes. Okay, I, I think I actually figured out what the dynamic is there with the coaches at the practice. Drew and Giannis are Bud's sons. It's like, hey, do whatever you want. You can, 
you can shoot threes, we'll play you as many or as few minutes as you want. And then the other players, it's all, oh, it's off minutes restriction. No, don't shoot those. Love it. Yes. You mentioned something with Chris Paul there about him dissecting the defense. Is Chris Paul the taskmaster of the NBA? I don't get it. Taskmaster from Black Widow, where you got the... You got the, like, lenses which dissect everything. Oh, that's so funny. I didn't even know that that was what the, the, the villain was called. <laughs> See, you're, you're terrible at names in I'm, Marvel movies. I've been saying that names in Marvel movies. And it's really annoying skill because I'm not that good at it for other non-Marvel movies. Yeah, isn't that funny? Because if, I, you ta- if you take any... Well, actually, no, I never know what anybody's name is in a movie. I always know who the actor is and yeah, you, you the got 18 the other movies they've been in. You got the faces, in. I've got the names. It's an interesting yes, trade um, too bad we can't uh, meld that into one brain. <laughs> uh, you got another winner or loser? Um, so, I mean, so that really has me. The, the, the two big losers really are Middleton and Holiday. I mean, this is, um, I mean, it, it really strikes me as a very straightforward thing. I mean, granted, you can, you know, uh, do a better job of setting things up to give these guys better looks. But the, the, simple, the simple fact is Holiday and... Uh, Middleton need to hit a high percentage of their shots, particularly from three. And so, again, you know, I guess my theme for today is the NBA, it, you know, it, it is an accurate statement to say the NBA is a make-or-miss league, by which I mean, it, you know, the numbers, sometimes the numbers work in your favor, sometimes they don't, but boy, they just have to do a better job of putting the ball in the hoop. And that sounds obvious, but it's not always the case. Sometimes there are other things you need to do, but at its core... They need to stop being, you know, they, they, they just need to be consistent. Yeah, and we'll see. Just right now, it's a make or miss league. Possibly in the next CBA, they'll add new things that uh, allow yes. us to get that, the 0.34 points that we're, that we're seeking. 0.34? I'm talking about the wedgie, man. That's the 10-point wedgie <laughs> shot. I want some 0.34. We're looking about the wedgie. I mentioned Bobby Portis, so I just want to shout out one of my winners, which is Tortoise that my my, my sister was watching a Bucks game. Uh, Mike Breen says Portis taking it up the uh, up in the key right here, and she, she exclaims Tortoise, and I can't get it out of my head since. But I I thought it was just some silly name until recently. I've just been chuckling about it over the past couple weeks. I realized that it actually was an omen. Like she's totally one of those kids in a movie who just says something. Everyone's like, "What are you talking about?" And then it turns out to be a like a sign, which I hope is not what happened when my cousin said Casey's friend is going to die oh soon gosh. about my buddy Logan. That was something. Uh, and Logan still hasn't died, so we should be good there. But I think she turned Bobby Portis into a tortoise. Like, the, the way they were hunting him on those switches, when Chris Paul and Devin Booker were able to get space on those mid-range and three-point jumpers they crave, look like he was a tortoise. <laughs> Um, can I uh, go for two more winners in Just the series? Just go for it. Um, besides the Phoenix Suns and Tortoises? Tortai. Tortai. Tortillas. Um, so, okay, so Booker and Paul are obvious. Um, uh, DeAndre Ayton has really, I mean, in the last month, he has really shown himself to be, you know, it, he's, he's made everybody shut up, just as Trey Young did. Uh, regarding whether Luca should have been picked ahead, but, but the problem the problem there is that when you talk about that with Trey, like you can write an article and say Trey Young makes everybody shut up about uh, whatever calling him calling him a bust, maybe saying that the Hawks were such clowns. I don't know who would say such a thing. <laughs> Nobody in this room for sure. No, uh, definitely not I'm you. Sorry, but, Trey. <laughs> but, I'm sorry. But what sucks for Aiton is uh, is he's just too nice to get that picture in the front where Trey has the picture of him shushing the MSG crowd. Yeah. Aiton... He seems like a really a, just a, nice Aiton, guy. Aiton's not going to shush the, Mil, uh, the Milwaukeeans. He, yeah. He's just going to give them a hug after the game. He, he seems like such a cool guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Aiton has a really interesting dynamic with his face, where just look, just looking at him, he, he has that, okay, he's, what, 22, but he looks older. Yes, for but, sure. But then he smiles so much and he has such like a youthful smile that you're like, wait, is he 17 or 45? Totally. It's really it's lovely. He's going to become uh, tougher and harsher in years to come and it's going to make me sad because I like him so much um, just being just really kind of cool and nice. But yeah, he'll probably be a better basketball player when he's meaner. Um, but Aiton is, you know, put himself 
squarely on the future star front. Um, but the person who really... Can I, can I jump in for, first? Just with, with all that eight and Trey talk in mind, the entire winner of this week, just these playoffs, it is the playoffs of the 2018 NBA draft redraft. Yeah, no kidding. It, it, it was... Cr- this playoffs was... I believe I said this in either last week's pod or the one before. No, definitely not. I definitely that, did. Definitely not, I no. definitely did, yes. But go on, but, but, that, 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 but sing my praises. That's just my biggest winner, is that, like, maybe you mentioned that on the podcast, but the, the point is I've, I've been hearing it picking up in my... in the local b- barbecues that b- basically this is all people are going to be talking about. The, the converse... A lot of times you hear about, like, a song. It's just the song of the summer... This year, the barbecue conversation of the summer is going to be the twenty eight uh, the twenty eighteen NBA redraft. Wow. Um, okay, you ready for? Um, uh, so, what I was gonna say though, the other winner, big time, and this one is also just pointing to a future star, and and where I sit there and go, man, the Suns are gonna be good. Mikhail Bridges is awesome at basketball. 2018 NBA draft. Uh huh. <laughs> exactly. I mean, gosh, that that draft looks really good now. Um, I mean, it looked pretty good at the time, but wow. Um, and so yeah, he was tenth pick in that draft. Yeah, and there's some sneaky guys in the, these playoffs who have also done well. Obviously, Herder's gotten some of the buzz, but another guy is Grayson Allen, who at the beginning of the postseason he hits those big threes to put away the Warriors. Does does big things uh, to, to help the Grizzlies get gentlemen swept, but he was good in that series. It's just been a good series. Just been a good postseason for the twenty eighteen. And, and Absolutely, NBA. but I mean, Bridges. I mean, I have a hard time pointing to something he doesn't do well in basketball. Um, he he really does it all extremely well, and I think of you know that play that. Um, ultimately caused the ball to go out of bounds and then turn into the, va- the valley oop um, against the Clippers. Um, it was Mikhail Bridges who took the three-pointer, and, and it looked like the play was set up for Mikhail Bridges, and his, his three-point-corner like shot looked really good. I mean, you got a team with all these guys, and they end up sending it to Bridges. I mean, that's a, that's a real mark of confidence. And I think Mikhail Bridges gets really properly rated during most conversations, but for some reason, during NBA draft discourse, he becomes almost this worst-case scenario. He's Mikhail Bridges' guy where, no, Moses Moody is a very inconsistent <laughs> shooter. The, his floor is not Mikhail Bridges. Mikhail Bridges is a player who so many... Like, if you could draft Mikhail Bridges, I don't know, eighth... With the Warriors pick, the seventh pick. I, oh I would dra- If we could draft Mikhail Bridges right now, seventh, I would absolutely love yeah. that. It's, it's Nobody's floor is... Make, or very few guys could dream of having a floor <coughs> that is Mikhail Bridges. Cade Cunningham has the floor. His floor is Mikhail Bridges. But there is almost nobody else who can even dream of that. And like you said, it's a waste of time to talk about what Mikhail Bridges is good <coughs> at. The question is what he isn't good at, and I can't really tell you there. And, I mean, the fact that he's, he's only 24 years old, so, I mean, he's, he's a couple of years away from his prime. Yeah, he can still step into that role of a leading, not, not maybe not a leading scorer or an All NBA player, but some yeah, but somebody who can maybe lead a team. Yeah, and it's, it's can super fun. Supply that big time scoring rather than just being a complimentary option. Because I feel like sometimes we think too much that Kevin Durant was just born as the... He was born. As the, <laughs> he was born, that's true. We, but I think we think about that too much, even, even if it is true. You mean where we question whether he was born? <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of discussion about yeah, that. Yeah, there's like, with good reason. Like Kevin Durant birthed three draftables. Um, <laughs> it's Kevin Durant birtherism. <laughs> yeah, so... Was he really born? I mean, do we really believe it? Uh, yes, yeah, so, but, but KD wasn't just born one day as the silkiest, smoothest score, leading score on any team he picked up a basketball for that took time to, to get into, and so I'm not saying Bridges is going to be Kevin Durant, although I do say role players are going to be Kevin Durant way too much. His floor is Kevin Durant, ceiling. There he is. Yeah, no. Michael Jordan, I would say. Nice. Uh, he, it, Durant, hey, the point is all these great scores take some time to get into that 
bigger role. And so I still have faith for Bridges doing that. But if Mikhail Bridges does not improve one bit and stays at his current level for 10 years, you are so happy with that career. He's getting eight-figure contracts for a long, long time. So uh, I got a question. If you were Chris Paul, so you, if, I, if I remember this correctly, Chris Paul um, has the option for $12 gazillion dollars. Um, that he could pick up after you know th this off season. Let's see, I'm looking it up. So twenty one twenty two. Oh, so yeah, I believe yeah he's got the player option. He's got to p decide by August first if he's going to uh, take the last year of his contract for forty four million dollars. Um, if you are Chris Paul, I mean. I appreciate you using the announcer yes. stereotype of... If I'm Chris Paul... I'm very nervous going into this game three. Right. If you're Chris Paul, like what a lot of people... I mean, the assumption is Phoenix will give him something like four years, $120 million at this point. Something like that. But if you're Chris Paul, do you just sit there, you know what, eh, I'm going to play out this contract. I'm going to take my 44 mil, and then I'm going to get... And then I'm going to go for another max. I mean, for, first off, sh shout out the Suns if they do give him four years, $120 million. Yeah, for showing dedication to their player. Also for giving a contract where it's very easy for me to figure out what the average yes, that's the more important salary thing. is. That was, that was why I did that for you. But and by the way, he, um, uh, I'm actually looking on here. I don't know what his contract was before 2018-19. But as, you know, as long ago as 2018-19... He was making nearly $36 million a year. So so a four-year, $120 million contract would be a major uh, uh, pay uh, cut for him. Yeah, they're going to have to cut out some of those uh, basketball hoops in the State Farm. Oh, yeah. yeah, he's, he's only going to have like seven basketball courts rather than nine. I think that's how it works is if your salary gets knocked out and you have to remove Natural. basketball courts to uh, to display that. Yeah, uh, personally, I, I think I would just take the take a new contract because this Sun situation does seem so good right now where if CP leaves you're like okay bummer then they're not going to be a title favorite next year but they're still going to be up there so him yeah they, and they would be seriously up there even without him yeah so inking a long term deal makes sense just because it's hard to imagine that Phoenix is is not in the mix every year and that's it. It's difficult to promise even the Western Conference Finals because of the Lakers, the Warriors, the Clippers, the Jazz. So, so many great teams coming up in the West. But I, I think that's just one of the best situations he's going to get. Pays well. It, it's as good a situation as you can ask for. By the way, he turned thirty-six five days ago. Um, so, uh, but you know, if you're doing a four-year hundred twenty mil, that means. You know, you're paying him till he's forty. Yeah, that's kind of scary. Right? Now, you know, here's the funny thing too. His agent is Leon Rose. Um, if you if you're the New York Knicks, do you give Chris Paul the max? Do you offer him five years, one hundred eighty million or whatever it is? Uh. I, I just don't think you can risk that for an outside team. I think it makes sense for the Suns to retain now. One other question for you. You mentioned Chris Paul's birthday. What kind of cake did Chris Paul get? Vegan. Okay, what kind of vegan cake? Though? Is it just vegan flavored? Do you get, do you get to eat a vegan? Yeah, it's vegan flavored And also, and, and that brings up another important question, which is if you eat another human, if you engage in cannibalism, does that count as... Uh, are you breaking your vegan diet because you're eating, like, animal? Or is or is cannibalism, like, a special exception they've made? Oh, I'm sure it's a totally a special <laughs> exception. I think that's the one thing that, that vegans talk about all the time. Is they're like, yeah, it's it's totally plant-based, except for when I eat people. Yeah. <laughs> that's what they say. Yeah, it's, it's plant-based and people. That That's the thing, is I always wonder, like, that they always complain, oh, I wish I could just have that tasty protein meat. 
protein meat. My favorite is protein meat. Uh, you know, there was that time, you know, you and I were sitting there going, okay, well, what do we feel like? Do we want to go to a sandwich place, Mexican, Italian, Pro- meat protein, or protein, <laughs> meat. Meat. Meat protein is, is yeah, meat? Meat protein is an actual... I want to go to the protein meat store. I love going to the protein meat store. Yeah, so... Yeah, so that, that, I, I'm thinking he does eat vegans because that's that's the exception there. Yeah. All right, we'll, we'll take a quick break. Be right back after we order our new cake. Okay, so you've knocked all, out all your winners and losers. By, uh, by which we mean I punched them in the face <laughs> until they were no longer conscious. Uh-huh, yeah. And then, and then fed you ate, them protein then, meat. <laughs> oh, I, I thought you were going to eat. I thought you were going <laughs> to eat fall in your vegan cake. I ate them as part of my vegan diet. Yeah, so oh, in answer to your question, I'm quite sure Chris Paul... Had a tofu and carrot cake. <laughs> oh, tofu cake. That just makes me sick. Uh, so, so that brings to mind one of the big winners, which is Pat Connaughton, since we didn't mention him, so you couldn't eat him, uh, or, you didn't, or you couldn't knock him out, rather. Uh, so good for him. Another winner is Playoff P, which is what I'm calling Chris Paul right now, because <laughs> I, I don't know if I have a better nickname. I, yeah, I need man. to come up with something there. All right, I got a couple of losers before we get to our stuff to watch for. First loser, it's got to be Jimmy Kimmel. He goes on vacation right now, and uh. and so which it, this is this is two big things. So for, first of all, we miss out on Guillermo at the NBA Finals, which is my favorite thing about the NBA Finals. I, I like the ba- I pretend to like the basketball and all, but really I'm just there for that. Eight minutes uh, uh, skit of Guillermo asking basketball players and coaches weird questions. Well, I mean, the part though I find more upsetting is we missed the segment where Jimmy asks whether um, the Phoenix Suns are a real team. <laughs> well, what would really be scary would be an incredible moment is if Chris Paul's at the media day, he brings his buddy Jake from State Farm. What if Guillermo and Jake from State Farm met? Oh, that would be so awesome. It'd be one of the greatest moments ever. It'd be I, the greatest crossover it, event in human history. I agree with that. There would be some very strong questions. Like what? No, I mean, Guillermo would be asking. Yeah, well, very... what questions would be asked? Oh, uh, I, I can't even guess. I mean, I just know that Guillermo... Guillermo's questions are things I can't even fathom. Yeah, to, just... to quote... Uh, to, to quote someone I did a second grade math packet with when asked to show his work, I just know. Oh, yes, very much. Uh, um, I actually think very likely um, that uh, most... I, I expect um, Guillermo would ask uh, CP3 if he really is a droid. <laughs> or if he, if, if he is the droid we're looking for. What's R2-D2 like? Oh, nice, yes. Yeah, let's see. Uh, I, I think Guillermo would probably... Uh, squeeze free insurance out of Jake from State Farm. That being said, it would not be f- uh, free insurance like for a house. It would be for some bizarre item of Guillermo's. Yes. It would be for the for his invisible basketball. Yes. Oh yeah, and then the other Jimmy Kimmel. He's not just a loser because we missed out on the best uh, best thing of the year. Just generally, just a thing. Also, a couple years ago, Kimmel hosted the. College knowledge show where it was Stanford versus Kentucky, some basketball players, and, and Brooke and Robin Lopez absolutely crushed Carl Anthony Towns and Devin Booker. So I was thinking, oh, so then Bucks are going to run away with the finals because they, uh, because Brooke Lopez exhibited more knowledge of trivia than Devin Booker. Yeah, that was no, not, 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 not the case Devin. so far. I was impressed by the low pie. Um, <laughs> yes. The the Winkle Vo- the Winklevoss twins from Stanford did a really good job. So the Italian like soccer team is the they're known as like the Azuri, right? Are it are the Lopez brothers the Lopez Azuri? Like it. So Jimmy Kimmel, big loser, and we haven't e- and he and Matt Damon haven't even had a beef yet. But already, like I I just feel betrayed throughout this final. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. And then the other loser, it's got to be. People who play, everyone's been thinking this, people who play pickup with Jake Crabber in 30 years are going to be seriously bummed. <laughs> because he just, he keeps shooting and, he, like, a game, he's had a couple of very bad games, one against the Lakers, 
game one here, he didn't make a shot. But he just keeps shooting, and lo and behold, at some point, they just start going in. I don't know what to say to that. That makes me very happy. Yeah, so, so then at some point, just... It, like it, so he's gonna lose his t touch at some point in, it, like with shooting, and so in a few decades he's playing the local wheelchair basketball. Yes, and he keeps chucking up threes, and they just stop going in, and he's like, oh, "But I, I was making them in the finals." Oh, just no, I'm sad. You, you You're sad, sad for the hypothetical senior citizens who. Yes. The, the the weirdest thing is to think about how the people Jay Crowd, really old Jay Crowder is gonna be. Uh, playing basketball with. They're going to be, like, really old, but they're going to have names of people who we associate with being young. Like, it's it's weird that we're going to have different names for old people, where some name that seems really modern and new, like, oh, Chris. That, that's that's the name of an old person. That's a really good point. Yeah, it's wild. And Jalen. Jalen's totally going to be an old person name. No, because every good basketball player is they're going to have no, to. I'm saying they're going to have to end basketball for Jalen to be an old person. Name. That's probably true. Okay, let's get to our stuff to watch for. I'm going to watch the NBA finals. Thank you, very much. It's, it's, it's really good to know. You got anything else you're going to watch for? I'm going to look to see who puts the ball into the basket, and see if anybody tries for the ten point wedgie. <laughs> Yeah, uh, so you're just going to be glued, like, we're all going to be going out, maybe, uh, going to the bathroom, get getting food, drinks, during commercials. You're just going to be staring intensely at the screen to see if they can make the half-court shot during the commercial. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm going for the wedgie cam. Um, it's it's going to be special. Just having something called the wedgie cam at a stadium seems <laughs> like it brings really dangerous potential. Um, no, I, I mean, really... Uh, I, what I am going to watch for is whether Middleton and Holiday are going to be making their baskets. I mean, it's basically, if, if Milwaukee can hit three-pointers, this is going to be a series. But the problem is three-pointers are not something that are made consistently. And so are the Bucks going to have a little bit of luck in that respect? If they don't, they're toast. Find out next. <laughs> uh... I've got a couple of what to watch for. My first is middling Middleton. It, it's just a good mm -hmm. phrase to, to say, and I, I think that's at least what you're going to need to see tonight from the Bucks is a middling Middleton. If, if he's bad, Giannis is going to have to be like great again. Yeah, or at least he'll have to. Yeah, he, he'll at least have to replicate because Suns probably won't shoot as well. So it's not like he's going to need to elevate his performance even more, but. Chris just needs to be good, and it, it doesn't make any sense because, like you, like you assumed, M Middleton should be a consistent player. His name has the word middle in it, and it makes no sense why he should always be on one extreme. So I, I just at the very least want to see middle, middling Middleton, but I would not uh, object to a vintage Chris Middleton game. I don't think there are vintage Chris Middleton games because it's not like you're turning back the clock to his glory days on the Detroit Pistons, but... Can I make a simpler suggestion? Just ditch the tin. Chris Middle? Yeah. How about, you, uh, how about you change the first name to Malcolm? I mean, you can just have a whole Malcolm in the middle thing. <laughs> create a sitcom. No, no. no. You don't want to create a sitcom about Chris Middleton? I'll think about it. I'll think about it. Okay. Uh, one more what to watch for. It's the Deer District. I, I just want to see all the people in Milwaukee losing their minds after every basket. I want to see Jeff Van Gundy's comments about it, where he, where he remarks, "Oh man, it looks really cold out there." I'm really <laughs> glad I'm, I'm in here. And the, the best was Van Gundy calling it Deer Valley. He kept insisting on uh, calling it that. Which I have a question for you: How do you pronounce the word spelled N A D I? Nadir. Nadir. Yeah. Okay. See. So then, you're playing a very dangerous game by calling something Deer Valley. Because then, if things get bad, just call it Nadir Valley, and then oh. it's and then it's just the absolute low point of that oh. of, of that finals. And so, just hopefully the Bucks can avoid Nadir Valley tonight. Keep it an interesting series. We'll see. Good game, and the Deer District is back. If they lose, I, I think you just permanently have to change it to Nadir Valley. I love it. Hold on, hold on. I'm feeling something right now. I'm feeling it. 
where we're gonna play the do the pronunciation. We add the pronunciation YouTube channel. Yes, I love this. Here I'll beat you to it. I love this so much. Yeah, Emma saying. Oh, no. Oh, video will play after an ad. We have three more seconds. Okay, oh, here, okay. I've got it. Okay, here we go. We got Emma saying that. Nadir. Nadir. Oh, are we both going to play this at the same time? This Nadir. Seems, this seems like it's going to be very bad content. Here we go. Nadir. Nadir. So it seems like we... Nadir. So did you agree that if the Bucks lose tonight... It gets renamed Nadir Valley. I think that's Nadir. perfect. That's perfect. When uh, I guess your Nadir Valley is losing in the NBA Finals, not too bad of a life. It's definitely not Nadir Valley for the Bucks franchise. We'll see if they can keep it interesting tonight. I can't wait. Going to be a great game. First two have been very solid. We'll see if the Bucks can take that next step, at least hang for the final few minutes. Yes. Is that, is that a Marv Albert tribute? Yes! <laughs> All right, old man. Until next week, we will see. We'll, we'll, until next week, we'll, we'll see you next week. I, I, I really botched that. but yeah. Until we'll, next week, we will see you next week. <laughs> <laughs> until next week, we will... Okay, that's See you next week. Yeah, so until next week, we will see next you next week. week. Uh, and so we will see you then. Until then... Good luck in your future endeavors. Yes! And if you want to hear us talk about mutually agreeing to part ways, if you want to talk us, why can you wish him luck in his future endeavors, just go back to start the episode where we did it again. So, great content there. All right, old man. Until next week, we'll see you next week. Nay, dear. <laughs> All right, bye-bye.